the Florida Panthers and Vegas Golden Knights found ways to win in overtime in dramatic fashion. Plus, the Arizona Coyotes are still looking for a new home. We've got all that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube to get new episodes as soon as they drop. And we are now also available on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search for Locked On NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show a very happy Chris Golick of Locked On VGK, a dramatic comeback late in the third period, an overtime winner early in overtime. Uh, two games, two overtimes, two wins, not a bad start for Vegas. Unless you have a heart condition or if you don't have your heart pills with you or maybe a bottle of Tums, it's been great. Um, it's it's tough. You know, I got my son with me these last couple of games. And shout out to my son who scored his first ever House League goal just this morning before the Golden Knights game. So it's been a special day all around. Um, but just trying to explain to my son, he's eight years old, you know, about what he's watching right now. And this doesn't happen. And this isn't you know, us trying to toot our horns about what Vegas is accomplishing. It's simply stating the fact that this is exciting. And just before we started uh, started the show, we mentioned uh, this is now the 19th period of NHL hockey between the four remaining teams in the conference finals. So these games are razor thin. The action is crazy. And, you know, I mean, obviously in Vegas and uh, Florida, we're pretty happy right now. <laughs> no doubt. And, and look, Dallas led for the second half of this game, pretty much from midway through the second period on. And Vegas was struggling to get offensive opportunities. And yet you had the turnover and Jack Eichel with a beautiful backhand pass to Messersault and bing, the game is tied with 222 left in regulation. Yeah, Marcheseau definitely has a, a knack for scoring some big goals like this. And uh, somehow he came right down. Uh, we don't call it Broadway. We, we call it the strip. He came right down the strip here in Vegas and uh, uncovered and just potted it. I mean, he Eichel did the work on that. Basically a no-look backhand and uh, Marcheseau, right time, right place. And shout out to Jack Eichel for what he's been doing. He's uh, finding ways every single game to be a factor he won i think i heard on the post game 72 or 73 percent of his face-offs today that is remarkable by itself yeah that's uh, very impressive how concerned were you heading down the stretch that there weren't a lot of scoring opportunities being created down you know for most of the third period i tweeted out with about 13 minutes left that bgk was starting to find their game. They were getting some pressure. They were starting to work to get the pucks deep. Dallas um, started keeping their defense back a little bit. So Vegas was unable to get those rushes across the neutral zone that they were getting, you know, in the first period of the game, basically. 
So they started getting the puck deep. And I basically said in my tweet, hey, they're finding they Vegas are finding their game right now. Is there enough time? And uh, lo and behold, uh, I guess there was. <laughs> but very concerned to answer your question. Very concerned. Talk to me about Chandler Stevenson. Seven goals now in the playoffs, including the big overtime winner. And, you know, he he did what players need to do in overtime. He went to the net. Yeah, I mean, uh, both games, you can both overtime goals by the Vegas Golden Knights, kind of the same thing, right? Just, uh, you know, Brett Howden dumped it in front and Jake Ottinger got off balance and basically fell on the puck and it squirted in. And then tonight, um, you, you saw Shea Theodore kind of breaking down the side. And right away, I called to my son, I'm like, this has got to go to Theodore. Theodore, pardon me, Theodore. Theodore. And then the rebound right to Stevenson, right time, right place. And it was a little bit of, um, uh, not revenge, but he avenged his penalty he took he took a real bad cross check at the end of the second period thankfully it didn't create um create an opportunity for the stars to increase the lead because the two goal lead in this game would have been insurmountable the way the game was being played so vgk rebounded kept their composure and it's funny i put another tweet right before the goal was scored i said this is the first time i think we can question some of cassidy's decision making because there was no shakeup of the lines. You, you saw the tweet, actually. Um, yeah, there was yeah. no no shakeup of the lines. It was kind of the same thing. So Cassidy saw something. He felt it was coming. He kept the lines the same. And that's why he's uh, behind the bench. That's why you and I are recording this podcast right now. <laughs> Talk to me about Mark Stone. I mean, having him for the playoffs, he now has nine assists in the postseason so far. How impactful has his return been for VGK? On the bench, the emotional side keeps the players in it, always doing things on the bench, talking to the players, helping them improve, and himself too. It's not just, you know, he's not pointing at the other players as the captain. He holds himself as or even more accountable than his teammates. On the ice, right place, right time, 100% of the time. Forechecking, back-checking, board battles, creating havoc in front of the goalie, uh, today just got lucky on the five on three bounces off the Dallas Stars. I think it was a, a defenseman skate and uh, got the got Ottinger, uh got him five hole going across the middle. And, uh, you know, we love expressive Mark Stone here in Las Vegas. We love expressive Mark Stone. That's when when he's high five and his teammates and when he's got that big smile and celebrating those big goals. Good things are happening. And obviously it was an, a huge boost for him to be back early in the playoffs. And, of course, you know, really turn it on. Uh, the deeper into uh, almost June we're going to go right now. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you mentioned two games, two razor-thin victories. What in your mind has been the difference for Vegas that they've been able to come away with these close wins? Um, This is where Stars fans won't like me, but Vegas is the better team right now. You saw in game one where – VGK just had the pressure the entire game. The first Stars goal in game one, fluky bounce off the dash. They're not taking any credit away from them for scoring the goal, but, you know, it's one of those goals that only happens if you hit that one tiny spot on the dasher. And, of course, the worst part about that was Jason Robertson scored the goal, who now has a lot of confidence. He got a goal in Sunday's game as well. So that kind of was a double-edged sword right there. Uh, the third goal that the Dallas Stars got in game one, six on five, give them credit, but again, a weird kind of fluky circumstance. Outside of those two goals, the Golden Knights really 
really controlled the pace in game one. Uh, game two, BGK started out really well controlling the pace. And then credit the Stars, they found a way. They uh, played some great defense as well, and they just couldn't shut the door late. But my point being is here about Vegas being the better team. Uh, Dallas had gave everything they could this game. This was, I won't say a peak performance from the Dallas Stars, but they were much closer to their peak than the Vegas Golden Knights were. When the Vegas Golden Knights decided, hey, it's time to get back in it, you know, obviously the rest is history after that. So I did call Vegas in five before the series started. I said, win-win, loss, win-win, kind of like the gentleman sweep kind of going on here. And, you know, we'll see if uh, Vegas can come away with one of the two games in Dallas and then hopefully wrap this thing up on Saturday night. We'll have a big old party in Vegas, hopefully going back to the cup final for the second time in six seasons as a new expansion team. That would certainly be very impressive. Two wins away, but not going to be easy as the series heads back to Dallas. Chris, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you and your co-host on social media? Yep, we are the Locked On Vegas Golden Knights uh, podcast. You can find us anywhere you find your podcast. We're also on, on YouTube. YouTube has been a blast. A lot of fun comments been coming in every single day from all the the listeners and the watchers. I'm at TD Chris G. Uh, again, at TD Chris G on Twitter. Touchdown. Um, and Tony Dasco is he T Dasco T Credit? Don't worry, he's Tony. Don't worry. Just just follow me, and I'll I'll get you to Tony. Tony will drive you nuts. Don't worry. <laughs> Chris, true, thank you it? so much. Is it, 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 I'm speaking the truth, Gil. I'm speaking the truth. <laughs> thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have you here, and. I'm sure we'll have you back down the road as this uh, playoff run continues. I hope so. Thank you so much. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code Locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked on Florida Panthers, Armando Velez, Mr. OT himself. And uh, Armando, I, I love it. You're rocking the playoff beard. Yes, uh, it's something I'm not used to as far as as far as uh, growing one. It, it's it's taken a while in my life, but hey, uh, thanks to the Florida Panthers. I mean, I wouldn't attempt to even grow one had they not made it this far. I mean, it's it's been a wild ride, and the Florida Panthers. I mean, you said it, uh, o- OT, that the Florida Panthers continue to just find a way to win. I mean. 6-0 in this postseason run in OT, 60% of their wins have come in that, and then 9-0 in the last three postseasons in overtime. So I do have a little bit of a superstition going into every overtime, not tweeting the Florida Panthers' record 
when going into that uh, going into an overtime period because I never want to jinx it. But lately they've been they've been uh, still finding a way to win every single time. Now, let's go back to game one because it was so it was a classic. I mean, what sixth all time longest game in NHL playoff history. What was it that the Panthers were able to do to, you know, outlast the Carolina Hurricanes in that game? For for them, it, it came down to how they played at even strength. Uh, when when it came to when it when it came to, of course, in 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 both games, they 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 got down early as as well, and they were able to 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 come back in in both of them. And really, it's it's crazy because both third periods in games one and two, it was it was it wasn't it it was a more tight checking third periods for for both. The Florida Panthers. I mean, in Game One, they only had two shots on goal in in the third period, and 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 for and for the Panthers, they they just Sergey Bobrovsky has been the story for for this team. I mean, I mean, in Game One, he was fifty five of fifty five at even strength. The only goals that he gave up were those two uh, power play goals, uh, and it, it really came down to the one team not making one more mistake than than the other, and one one thing that I came to notice uh, a few hours after I recorded my uh, my show after game two was both OT winners that Matthew Kachup scored, the pair of Brent Burns and Jacob Slavin were both on the ice. So this was always going to be a challenge for the Florida Panthers going into this series, but they were able to to take advantage of that top pair by the Carolina Hurricanes in in crucial situations. Talk to me about Bobrovsky because he had his ups and downs during the regular season, did not even start the playoffs as the number one goalie. What has he done so well, especially in this series against Carolina? I think he's just really focused. Uh, and he's been through a lot ever since signing the $10 million contract. I mean, a lot of pressure going into his first year of having to live up to it. Of course, we all know why he earned that contract, everything that he did against Tampa Bay in 2019. And also with Bob, when it, when it, what also lit a, a fire under him was in the 2021 postseason when he was, when he was, uh, when he was replaced by Chris Drieger and then Chris Drieger back to Bobrovsky and then Bobrovsky back to Spencer Knight and then Spencer Knight finishing that series against Tampa Bay. That was really what lit the fire under Sergey Bobrovsky. And he had a great regular season even, even in 2022, at least compared to the first two seasons uh, in, in a Florida Panthers uni uniform. And he was the least of the Panthers worries in the 2021 postseason. The reason why the Panthers couldn't succeed is is they they couldn't they their run and gun style was neutralized by it, it was barely neutralized by the Washington Capitals they were able to get through and then Tampa Bay just completely exposed them but they were able to change their systems around and Sergey Bobrovsky continued to 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 take it up a notch and uh, I haven't recorded my Monday episode yet but I'm I'm gonna go into the into the route of this Florida team this Florida Panthers team seems unrecognizable and i say that all in a good way for for this florida panthers team because you you see so many times that the that the florida panthers just get so lost in their own zone and then sergey bobrovsky is giving up the hashtag of course goal that that we sometimes see and he he's gotten the nickname for golski as well um, time and time again where every time every time there's a start but 
really, Bobrovsky, as far as this season specifically, he has he the the performance really started in late February to early early March. It fell off a little bit in in, in mid March, and of course got that non COVID illness. But every time something major happens in Bobrovsky's life, whether it's on or off the ice, Bobrovsky also became a dad last year for the first time. So that that has has helped. So every single time that has happened, you you always see his performance co- turn up a notch. And this is no exception. He said he he saw that Alex Line was starting the first three games, and he said, "I need to find a way to take this and run with it." And of course, we know the resume, the two Vesna trophies, and I like I mentioned earlier, the contract. He, he he's basically saying. I, I need to take this and 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 run with it. And listen, last ten games for Sergey Bobrovsky, two hundred two um, GAA and a nine thirty nine nine thirty nine save percentage for Sergey Bobrovsky in seven hundred twelve minutes and one second of time on ice. And of course, a lot of a lot of that log time was game one of of the conference final. With Sergey Bobrovsky was incredible. And going back to game two. The turning point moment for Sergey Bobrovsky was when he was able to stop a cross ice feed from Marty Natchez to uh, to Turbo Teravainen, and he was able to get back um get back to the right side of his crease and make a blocker save there. I'm like, it's just it's just hard so hard to get to get to get pucks by him. I mean, personally, I'm not, and part of what I deem as unrecognizable for this Panthers team is I'm used to high scoring games for this for this <laughs> Panthers team. And and the Panthers are finding ways to win these low scoring games, the games that you need to play in the postseason. And and of course for the Panthers, it's uh you, you we're starting to see in the, at least in the first two games, the Carolina Hurricanes as far as what they do as far as goal score by committee versus what the Panthers have done with the the top end talent scoring as well. Of course, Matthew Kachuk and Sasha Barkov scoring on, on their end. So it's Bobrov- it starts with the it starts with Bobrovsky. And then the team follows. Talk to me about Matthew Kachuk. And it goes beyond the game-winning goals. This guy seems to have added a certain spirit to the Florida Panthers in the playoff run this year. Spirit is the correct word for for for, for the Panthers as far as it's more than just that. It's it's as it's as it's also in the locker room. It's also when the opposing team is taking extra hacks at the goalie. It's, it, I mean, even on the pan, one of the Panthers power plays in game two, there is a scuffle between, between Matthew Kachuk and Brent Burns. And then they go both go and, and, you know, he's going to stand up for his teammate. Um, it, and also the mindset of business as usual as well. I mean, both game winning goals within 30 seconds of scoring, they're, they're going right down the tunnel. It's like, we're not done. We still have we still have business to do. This is the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're trying we're trying to bring the we're trying to bring this home. So it's not just about it's not all about just flashiness for Matthew Kachuk. He is a, a guy who wants to consistently come in, work hard, and and and, and inspire his teammates. And I, I mean, listen. I mean, Sasha Barkov is—he's not the flashiest player, neither. And even at times, you see him with with a little flair here and there. And it might be because of Matthew Kachuk. And you even saw it with some of the goals that he's uh, scored lately, going back to the Leafs series and even even in in Game Two on on uh, on uh, Saturday night. 
Yeah, he has certainly been inspirational to his teammates. No question about that. Armando, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? They can follow the podcast anywhere they listen to podcasts uh, on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. Make sure we are booming, especially on the YouTube front where I have a guest every single day, uh, at least most days on the show who cover uh, the Panthers as well. And and it's been a fun time interacting with different Panthers content creators on the show. And as far as myself, you can follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And you can also follow us on Instagram as well. We're also booming on the Instagram front. All right. Well, it's going to be a fun ride. Armando, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you as always, Gil. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the co-host of Locked On Coyotes, Robin Leano. And uh, Robin, let's just say it's been a very eventful week in the desert for the Coyotes. Were you surprised, let's start with that, by the fact that the three arena proposals were voted down? I mean, yes and no. Uh, when I, when I, a lot of us were really confident this was going to pass. Um, we're Based off what we were told, from multiple sources, it seemed that just, you know, the overall vibes of everything, that everyone was pretty confident about it. Um, but then you see it's record tur- it's a record turnout for the election. You start to get a little nervous because those kind of swing can really swing in either direction. It can either be a really mean really, really good news or really, really bad news. Most of the votes came from the south side of Tempe. I started getting a little bit less confident. And then the votes came in and like instantly, just like instant sharp, just like heartbreak city. <laughs> yeah, just uh, disappointing. And and obviously, you know, the, the Coyotes have been something that Gary Bettman has been very committed to. And uh, obviously he's got to be disappointed as well. So I know after the uh, results were announced, the Coyotes said they were going to play this season for sure at mullet arena so we know short term what is going to be but what is the next step long term right now well right now the arizona coyotes owner are on a very very short leash they have uh uh barely maybe even a few months to figure out a long-term need um they have options they've always had options uh there may be people who are questioning whether or not they had a plan b should that t- proposal in Tempe had failed. And because it did, now that's becoming trying to come to light. There are multiple locations they're trying to find out. Are they going to move to maybe the the neighboring city next to Tempe in Mesa? It's, that's, it's one of the, it actually is the biggest suburb in the United States. So, hey, maybe you can move there. There are multiple sites that are privately owned. The Coyotes can actually purchase that land and don't have to worry about any tax breaks, don't have to worry about any other public benefits that so it can they can avoid a public vote. I think that's the most important thing that they want to do right now. They want to make sure they find a place and avoid a public vote. The best places to do that right now are either on the private lands in Mesa or potentially on tribal land, which is there's a lot of in Arizona. Now, what are the advantages and disadvantages of both of those choices? Well, the case with uh, the, the uh, private land in Mesa is, I mean, you have to depending on like you know maybe there might be multiple owners of that private land to see how much how much space you can get up 
Um, you have to actually reach out to the owner and really negotiate a price because maybe they might try to strong arm uh, owner Alex Morello and be like, hey, you know, are you, if you're really serious about this, hey, cough up this amount of money. Uh, the tribal land, that actually will require uh, a lot of revenue sharing. Uh, sports betting has become legal in the state of Arizona. Uh, and because of that, that being the case, tribal land has their own sports books there. They have their own casinos. They don't want any competition there. So Alex Morello can't bring in, his, potentially can't bring in his hair bets. So he has to concede that and be like, okay, we'll use your local sports book, whether it's, you know, talking stick if we're on the Salt River Reservation or Gila River if we're on the Gila River Reservation. So we'll see what exactly, we'll see exactly what it is. But, you know, their concessions have to be made either way. They But Alex Morello needs to be serious and he needs to make the decision soon. And how committed is ownership at this point to trying to stay in Arizona? They are. Uh, it seems to me they are very serious. They are. They want to make sure they stay in Arizona. Alex Morello has no intention on selling the team. And Alex Morello wants to keep the team in Arizona. Um, you know, things could happen. Uh, there were questions again whether or not you know maybe he could sell a team to uh, Phoenix Suns owner Matt Ishbia so they can move so they can move into. Uh, the Footprint Center, or so just some kind of partnership with the Phoenix Suns. Um, but even that was potentially shot down because, once again, because Alex Morello does not want to sell the team. And what was the fan reaction to all of this? Because, I mean, yeah, the majority of voters voted it down, but obviously the fans were voting for it and, and certainly were, you know, it was important to them. What was the fan reaction? Uh, so the first night and maybe even like the initial, like very next morning, it was, uh, a lot of dejection, you know, a lot of, you know, solemn sadness, just very, like, you could just like feel like the sad air around, you know, the coyotes fan base. But then that sadness actually ended up turning into anger because, you know, like, uh, and the anger, not necessarily pointed at Tempe. Because, hey, look, a lot of us respect the democratic process, and we know that's how it works. Um, the anger was actually directed at the Arizona Coyotes for underestimating the opposition and for not spending enough on make, and essentially making sure the election was you know, going to fall into their hands. Now they'll feel a little more confident. I feel like with all the potential sites that have been proposed and you know, seen that, hey, you know, they, they're actually you know, a step forward, they're feeling a little bit more confident. We're still on the edge of our seats. I think a lot of us, I can probably be advocate for a lot of Coyotes fans out here. I personally will not believe anything until a ticket is scanned. Hey, like I can see the building being built up. One of the proposed sites is right outside my front window. Like I could probably watch it being built and I'm like, it's not real. It's not real. Not until it's my, not until my ticket scan. Yeah, no, I, I could totally understand that. So if, if you were to put on, uh, you know, if if you had ESP, uh, let, let's test this out. Three years from now, the Coyotes will be playing. I firmly believe they'll be playing in Mesa. The, um, right at this, you know, I believe they'll, they'll, they'll move into the, what's currently at the, uh, the, Fie the, what's called the Fiesta mall. It's abandoned mall, um, off of a couple freeways in West Mesa, um, uh, that 
the city has been looking to develop for for years now. It's been developed. It's been abandoned since 2018. It's privately owned. Um, all Morello has to do is just you know, bring it up. All right. Well, it's going to be a very uh, eventful next few months, years even for the Arizona Coyotes. I know you'll be on top of it all the way, Robin. So why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yeah, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we're on YouTube, Locked On Coyotes, also on the SiriusXM app. All the all I have to do is just look up Locked On Coyotes is there as well. We're on social media, Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. And I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. It's Robin with a Y underscore L-E-A-N-O. Robin, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have you here. Thanks again, Gil. All right. I want to thank my guest, Chris Garlick of Locked On VGK, Armando Velez of Locked On Florida Panthers, and Robin Leano of Locked On Arizona Coyotes for joining me today. I want to thank everybody again for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We will have more of the best coverage of the Stanley Cup playoffs anywhere in podcast, so make sure you join us for that. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday. Friday, I co-host the show along with Rachel Donner, so join us for that. Have a great day, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Locked On NHL Podcast.